And welcome back to Is It Better Than Smooth by Santana, the world's first and only musical comedy game show where there are no winners, no losers, just Smooth by Santana. He's back for a third time, this time from Austin, Texas. It is Trey Pettishon. Trey, how are you doing? Hola, señoritas. Hello. Texas has changed them. I, I live in Texas now. I eat lots of Mexican food, so actually I probably shouldn't be talking about that and acting like a Spanish person on the show. That's, I don't know. But anyway, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Uh, I have no school. I have a job. I'm making money. So I'm in a pretty damn good mood. Yes. For the first time in show's history, we have no school tray as our guest. So you might notice um, a difference in, uh, I guess, giving out hot ones and forget about it. You know, it might be a little bit on the happier side when it comes to that. Yeah, my my demeanor is a little bit more um, uh, a, a little bit more light, I guess, might be the best way to put it. I don't know. I'm interested to see, uh, you know, how things turn out. I, I don't think I'm going to be any less critical. Um, in fact, I believe that the last time you talked to me, the people that did enjoy my episodes liked the fact that I'm very nitpicky and have lots of things to say. So if you like me, you'll get plenty of that today. Nothing <laughs> different. So yeah, it's great. So it's been a while since your last appearance. Do you think there's uh, anything that has changed that may affect uh, you know, your performance on today's episode? Well, I am older, so my hearing's always going out. So maybe <laughs> that, I don't know. Maybe some subtleties and some tones of a couple of the instruments I might actually not pick up on. And also I have a new, I have a fresh beard on my face, which may um, muffle the sound before reaching my cranium. You know, I don't know yeah. if it's actually how sound works. It probably we'll take doesn't. It into account. Yeah, but well, we'll see. It could, it could distract me from listening because it, it does get a little itchy. But um, yeah, anyway. Absolutely. Um, in your past two... Uh appearances do you have any regrets with some of your decisions have you looked back on some of them and be like i should have given that a hot one or forget about it no once once i have an opinion i'm pretty i'm pretty solid on it there's very rare occasions where like i'll sometimes hear something or i'll see something or i'll experience something which initially makes me so confused and so disgusted by it that I get fascinated even more with the fact that I'm disgusted by it, which then eventually leads me to like the thing later and appreciate it because I've taken in it, like taken it in so much like uh, 2001, a space odyssey, right? Classic movie, uh, classic sci-fi movie. I remember the first time I watched it, it's like, what the hell is going on? I hated the movie. Didn't care about it. But then I watched it a second time. And then I was like, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. And the third time, I still don't understand what it's about, but I ended up loving it. And so, like, I have a very high appreciation for that movie, even though, for, like, the first time I hated it. But with music, that that rarely changes. But maybe maybe it will in the future. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I yeah. mean, we're kind of, we're, no, we're going on to episode three, so there's a lot that could happen, you know, in the 
the lore of Trey Pettijohn. <laughs> my lore on this podcast. I didn't know I had lore. Yes. I mean, you've been on long enough. You know, most people are only on the show once. It's your third time. That's pretty impressive. No, I think mine, my quote unquote lore is more like a children's book at the moment. Catherine Blanchard has lore. She's <laughs> got lore. That is yeah. fair. There's character development that has occurred on yeah. her episodes. Yeah, I was listening to a little bit of her Halloween episode today. And um, one thing I will say is that oftentimes when I hear Catherine on the show, I do tend to disagree with a lot of what she says. Like there is that rap song, the Halloween rap song. I, you know, I kind of thought it was a hot one because um, like it was it was stupid enough for me to like it. The lyrics were incredibly cheesy, but somehow it was a complete bop. And I think she missed the mark on that one. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to call her out as bad as I did Nick that one time on my first time on the show. But Catherine, I think you're wrong and you probably need to go get your ears checked because that was a bop. Mm. So anyway, mm. You're known for starting the feuds on the show. <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> My favorite. You've had some beef. I it's do. All have right. Some, I do. Ready have to some. jump into the show? Yes, let's go. All right. Well, in 2020, scientists have discovered that Smooth by Santana is the exact middle point of all music. With help of my guests, we'll listen to every song that's ever been made and decide whether or not the song is better or worse than the Latin alternative rock classic. Eventually, by the end of the show's run, all music in its entirety will be classified into two categories. Here are the rules. I'll go through eight different songs from eight different genres by eight different artists. After listening to each one of the songs, it is up to the guests to decide whether or not the song is better or worse than Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. If the song is better, the guests will say, man, it's a hot one. If the song is worse, the guests will say, forget about it. One of those options must be chosen by the guests, but they're able to elaborate if they please by choosing a soft or hard option. For example, they can say that is a hard hot one if it's much better than Smooth by Santana or a soft forget about if it's slightly worse. The song will also be played for you at home, so you can play along and feel free to email me your opinions at manitohotone at outlook.com as to whether or not the songs are better or worse than Smooth by Santana. All right, that covers everything. You're ready to jump into song number one. Yes. All right, so we begin in each episode with a hit, something that the people know, something that you know you may have heard on the radio uh, either today or back in the day. And this one comes from the year 2006. It is a psychedelic soul song, and it is Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind There was something so pleasant about that place Even your emotions have an echo in so much space And when you're out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch But it wasn't because I didn't know enough I just knew too That was song number one. That was Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Gnarls Barkley is a soul duo from Atlanta, Georgia, consisting of singer CeeLo Green and producer Danger Mouse. 
The song comes from their debut album, St. Elsewhere, and peaked at number two on the Billboard Top 100. The song won the Grammy for Best Urban and Alternative Performance at that year's Grammy Awards and was also nominated for Record of the Year. Rolling Stone Magazine also ranked it as the best song of 2006. So, Trey, is it better than it's moved by Santana? This is a soft, hot one. And it's a hot one. Mmm. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, the most that I heard this song was right around maybe 2010 or 2011, right around, you know, the, the 2010 decades, like the early early time is whenever I heard it the most. And so um, I never realized that song was actually, you know, uh, uh, a hit in 2006. Um, in 2006, I remember that was whenever the indie rock scene kind of really started to show up. So I heard more about things like Franz Ferdinand and the Strokes, uh, the Vines maybe. Well, I guess the Vines, I don't know, fit in that category. Um, the Hives. So, um, yeah, to me, honestly, this... So, Smooth by Santana is like muy caliente sexy, right? This is a little sexier. Just just that much oh, wow. sexier. So I think it's I think it's slightly smoother than Smooth by Santana. Um, I kind of like it also because it's a little darker. Mm. Um, but yeah, it intrigues me because this sort of sounds like it should have fit more in the time whenever Adele first like kind of started showing up, which I don't think she really started becoming a hit until like 2009 or 2010, right around that time. And so uh, I think I think this song was ahead of its time. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so uh, the genre that it's uh, been stated has been psychedelic soul. Uh, would you be interested in checking out that sound uh, a little bit more, that kind of genre? You see, I don't I actually don't know if psychedelic is the right word for that, because if you say psychedelic soul, I immediately think of, I mean, Thundercat doesn't completely fit that bill, but I think of something along the lines of Thundercat where it's like R&B, but it's a little... Um, zanier and color more colorful like this is um this is a little more cinematic than psychedelic in my opinion so i would um i don't know i, I probably would dive into the genre you know uh, uh funk and some soul has been on my uh, my radar as of recently uh yeah you know why not take a look at it why not all right all right and uh just random question here. If it was an ice cream flavor, what would it be? If it was an ice cream flavor, what would it be? I don't know. What what ice cream goes with hot, slow, molten caramel? Because <laughs> um, it would be that flavor with the caramel drizzling and slow-mo like on a commercial. Probably like something with fudge, huh? Maybe like a fudgy type. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's got it's got to be it's got to be smooth. Maybe like I wouldn't say a vanilla because vanilla we all use vanilla as in like you know super basic, but it would be like a vanilla with maybe like some kind of you know fudge in it, and I guess that's that's how I interpret. It. Just as long as that smooth caramel is going on top and kind of like melts it and heats it up a little bit, you know, then I would say that's that's what that flavor is. Very nice. Very nice. 
So we got a soft hot one for song number one. We're moving on to song number two. This one's a little bit more recent. It comes from the year 2019, and it is an indie pop track. And it is Mortal Wombat by Neighbor Susan. and striped shirt on I don't know how I blew it I think I waited for too long Cause by the time you had moved on And now I can't undo it That was song number two. That was Mortal Wombat by Neighbor Susan. Neighbor Susan is an indie band from College Station, Texas, Giga Maggies. <laughs> the group has only one album, a self-titled debut, which released last year. Outside that, not much can be found on the group, but go check them out uh, wherever you get your music if you liked this song. So, Trey, is it better than Smooth by Santana? I would say it's a hot one. And it's a hot one. Really? Yeah, I was thinking about changing that because you said that they were Aggies, but uh, <laughs> I did. Um, I did just uh, add them to my liked music uh, uh, playlist. Now that I just heard that, so um, I think what's what's really nice about this one is uh, whenever the vocals kick in, you can definitely tell that it is on trend with a lot of uh, a lot of the musical acts. Uh, or a lot of the uh, qualities of like modern pop rock music today. But I think what distinguishes this one from a lot of other uh, um, sort of like modern rock artists is that, you know, the, uh, the sort of 80s nostalgia feel is, is very much um, on trend at the moment. You know, what with the, uh, the synthesizers and the drum beat, like a lot of people are trying to, uh, you know, um, EQ and compress drums out to where they sound like electronic instruments. But this honestly to me sounds like it's a little bit more true to the eighties than what some other people are trying to do. So, um, uh, I liked that aspect of it. Um, it is very upbeat. It did, it did make me want to dance a little bit. Um, and, uh, I like the pace of it, the movement of it. I thought the, um, the note choices and the chord progression was, was, was also really interesting. Um, the voicing of it was, was really good. And then, uh, also just like, um, it, I don't know. I just really like the fact that, okay, it's, it, it maintains its position as a song that could be something that, you know, uh, people in their teens right now or their early twenties would enjoy without somehow sounding like every other rock band out there. This is very, um, 
it's distinct. It is unique. It has its own voice, even though it's very subtle. So like, I would say this takes trends from today and from the eighties and does them in a very right way. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so what type of playlist would you say you would add a group like this to maybe like, uh, of driving playlist, uh, a day at the beach playlist. I, I, I could see it being on a driving playlist. Uh, actually the first thing that I thought of was two things. Uh, whenever I started listening to this was first, it made me think of stranger things, which is an excellent show, uh, you know, with more eighties nostalgia. And then it also made me think of, um, uh, Boombox ice cream back in Baton Rouge uh, for anybody who's listening from LSU. Uh, and, you know, like you laugh, but I'm serious. It kind of reminds me of that place. And so uh, I, I kind of see that as like it would be it's it's it would be a song that would be great for like an innocent house party. Like you and your, your friends are just kind of hanging outside at a bonfire, but like may not necessarily having drinks, but y'all outside dancing, you know, just being young and youthful um, or, you know, going out on the night you know, out on the town, not necessarily partying, but just like, you know, just enjoying the space that you're in. That's, I would put it on that kind of playlist. Something that's just like good times, innocent good times playlist. I, what have you, I don't know. Use your imagination for that, whatever that means. Great answer, great answer. All right, well, we got a second hot one of the episode. We're moving on to song number three. This one comes from the year 1999. It is an alternative emo track, and it's by the band Saves the Day. And it's a long title. It is The Fast Spoils of America from the Badlands Through the Ocean. That was song number three. That was the fast spoils of America from the Badlands through the ocean by Saves the Day. It was a 1999 alternative emo track. Saves the Day is an emo and hardcore group from Princeton, New Jersey. The song comes from their second album, Through Being Cool. The group wrote the entire album during their time as students at NYU in Manhattan. The group currently has nine albums with the most recent releasing in 2018. So Trey, is it better than Smooth by Santana? Soft, forget about it. Mm. Soft, forget about it, which that even surprises me because uh, I have a history of ranking rock songs way above 
um, Smooth by Santana. So this is like somewhere in between the Ramones, but not happy. And <laughs> who was think, but not as gruff. So like the guitar riff is great. The drums are great. Um, it does remind me of those old days of playing Tony Hawk pro skater, uh, you know, and wearing like crazy van shoes or whatever else, you know, back whenever extreme sports was like the thing. Right. Um, which I guess it's still a thing. There's a lot of people that are into skateboarding. It's, I think it's, it's probably just like more regular now, but back then it was like, you know, a new phenomenon. Um, uh, what with MTV and X games and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it probably would have became a soft hot one if the vocalist didn't sound so, I don't want to say whiny, but I also don't want to say young either, but it's it, whiny and young <laughs> <laughs> is, is unfortunately the only way that I can describe it. Like, you know, because it's, it's, it's cool, but whenever it sounds like a kid Mm, how do I describe this? It's his voice reminds me of that spoiled brat that wants to play Nintendo all day and just fusses at his dad. He's like, no, dad, I don't want to go outside. I want to play Grand Theft Auto all the time, you know? And <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. And But like his dad is actually like a really nice guy, you know? <laughs> you know? And so he's just a little piece of garbage. That to me, that's what the vocalist sounds like. And you know, granted, there's been uh, other bands that have been able to sort of pull off the, the the sort of whiny punk rock voice, you know, pretty well. Like I think uh, maybe Blink 182 and Jimmy Eat World. Oh, Blink 182 have been kind of like eh, about, but Jimmy Eat World. Uh, I, I think they were able to pull it off well. Yeah, that's maybe the best way to say it. this. Sounds like a dollar store version of Jimmy Eat World. Mm. There we go. <laughs> So yeah. it is a part of the emo genre. Do you feel like uh, those type of vocals, um, you know, which are a mainstay in the genre, were kind of just presented in a way that other bands do better um, than Save Today? I would I would say so. Because I know, like, um, I think one of the earliest emo bands that really got big was uh, Yellow Card. And Yellow Card kind of has a, a similar vibe to it. Um but I do think that they pulled it off better. Is Yellow Card my favorite band? Absolutely not. I can't listen to them on repeat, like, you know, uh, for, for, for days on end. Um, uh, that just wasn't what I was into whenever, you know, Yellow Card became big. So I would say, yeah, I think there's other bands that pull it off really well. It's just these guys kind of like, you know, they missed the mark just, just a little bit. So, um, yeah, to me, it just it didn't fit. Gotcha. And a yeah. final question. Are you surprised that they come from Princeton, New Jersey? I mean, New Jersey sounds like it's a pretty terrible place to be with, you know, in, in the beginning. So, I mean, uh, no, not really. I, I would probably be, I'd probably be emo and crying too if I was living in Ju in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's that then. <laughs> Disclaimer: I actually don't know anything about New Jersey except for what was that stupid show that they had years ago with the uh, with the um, the situation. Wow, what was it? Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah. That's all I know about New Jersey was Jersey Shore and that it's up north and yeah just jersey that's sounds terrible great <laughs> uh shout out to new jersey <laughs> shout out to new jersey 
That's not a no. That's not that's is that Boston? No, forget about it. Ne- next thing. Next song. All right. Song number four. It comes from this year. It's 2021. It is an indie folk song, and it is "Certainty" by Big Thief. number four that was certainty by big thief big thief is a folk and indie rock group from brooklyn new york all four members of the group attended the famous contemporary music college berkeley college of music in boston massachusetts the song comes from a yet to be named project by the group which is supposed to be released next year in 2022 the group has four studio albums and has been nominated for three grammy awards so trey is it better than smooth by santana forget about it (laughs) Oh, wow. That was a pretty solid one. Uh, (laughs) All I could think is this is what this is what if corn got married, this is what it would sound like. (laughs) That's all I could think. And so I just pictured (laughs) two cobs of corn making out with each other. That's all I could think about listening to this song. Um. I'm kind of disappointed as well to hear that they're from Berkeley. Berkeley was one of the schools that I almost went to. Instead of going to UL for design, I auditioned for Berkeley College of Music and uh, and almost went there. Um, so you you get a band from Texas A&M on the show, and it's a hot one. And then you get another band from one of the most prestigious music schools in the United States, and it's a forget about it. That's a conundrum that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. So, but like, I'm, I can listen to some folk music. Like there's a, there's a, there's a genre um, that I used to listen to years ago that would kind of fit into the category of, of what these people are playing. And I think it's called Hobo Blues. If you're familiar with a, a fella named a C6 Steve, um, that he he kind of fits in that area where it's sort of folksy and it's very rusty sounding and it's got you know like the banjos and the and the mandolins and all that other stuff but um this 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 sounds like this sounds like a spittoon and that's um i don't know i'm just not into it you know if it if it sounds like a rusty old pickup truck i think i'm okay with that but it's almost too like how many teeth do the singers have? That's all I can think. It's just, 
it's very it's very rude honestly that's horrible i shouldn't be saying that but i don't know the images that it conjures up is just yeah 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 just yeah so what elements about the song you think causes the most problems for you would you say vocals instruments overall uh, lyrics the oh i'm gonna start with the vocals I never really liked the uh, the sort of crack, you know, that some of those uh, folk singers uh, bring to the table in order to sound more bluegrass or, you know, as if they're out from the sticks or something like that, you know. Um, I never understood that as a musical element except in yodeling. So uh, that was that was kind of the first thing that sort of put me off and... Um, I don't know. The, the, the female singer sort of sounded like she just had a lot of marbles in her mouth. And so it, it uh, I don't know, to me, it just doesn't sound attractive. Um, and then the instruments themselves, uh, like it starts with the, you know, the, the banjo strings, whatever happening. And then the, uh, the sort of marching cadence of the snare drum after that comes in, that's actually a trope that I've heard in folk music. Uh, whenever it really started blowing up around like the Mumford and Sons era. And it's, it's sort of just a repeated thing. And I'm like, all right, come on, guys. You can be a little bit more original than that. You know, it's okay. Slow music. It sounds sweet. You know, you can drink your pumpkin spice latte to it out in your hammock outside. And I, it's, it's, it doesn't, if I wanted to listen to folk music, I would listen to something like Iron Horse, maybe. Iron, well, Iron Horse is really interesting because they do Metallica covers almost exclusively, which but it's bluegrass <laughs> style, which is kind of great. Uh, shout out to Iron Horse. But yeah, like the, um, I don't know, there's also something sad. There's a sad quality to the song and I don't really like it that much. So, you know, um, that's, that's my hot take. Yep, Baroonies. That's your <laughs> That's, hot take for forget about it. <laughs> yeah, my hot take on a forget about it. I'm 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 sorry, big thief, but you're not thieving my heart. <laughs> All right, we're halfway through the episode. We're gonna keep on moving for song number five. This one comes from 2003. It is a pop rap song, and it is "Go" by Will I Am. song number five that was go by will i am will i am is a rapper from los angeles california 
who's best known for his work in the group Black Eyed Peas. The song was the final track on his second album, Must Be 21, which released in September 2003. The album featured numerous musical guests, including Fergie and John Legend. So, Trey, is it better than Smooth by Santana? This is a mild forget about it. Hmm. It so it started, which is where it starts. It started, <laughs> and I was like, so I, I, I should make this disclaimer. I have a prejudice against Will I Am because he built the ugliest DeLorean I've ever seen in my life, and I kind of <laughs> want to throw him off of a cliff for it. So I'm I thought I was going to dislike this song. I said, okay, I'll give this dude a chance, even though he produced arguably one of the greatest abominations to ever grace this earth. Like that stupid DeLorean that he made. Um, <laughs> so, so the song started and it's like, all right, it's not terrible. And then the intro came in and said, oh, okay, this might actually be really good. And then the vocals came in and I said, all right, now this is getting actually really good. And then he did that one line that he just kind of repeated and it lasted, I thought maybe a little longer than it should have. I said, okay, maybe this is not going to be as good as I thought. And then it started to go downhill a little bit. And then once it got to the chorus, I wanted to put a knife through my ears. (laughs) There is where, okay. I do not like the use of auto tune ever, but this might be one of the few cases where you need it because I don't know what, key he was trying to be in, be in, but it sure as hell was not even close to where it was supposed to be in with the rest of the chorus. You're trying to hit all these dramatic notes into this, but if you're going to do it, sing it in pitch, at least somewhere close to it. Like, no. <laughs> if you can't sing, don't sing. You know, like, I don't cook whenever I can't cook something for other people. Don't make a song for other people if you can't sing it. Did you have Sorry. your seatbelt on for that roller coaster of emotions you went on? That was, honestly, that probably was more emotion than necessary, given that this one was better than the last song that you gave me by the, you know, the uh, lovely corn making out spittoon group, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, that I think it's I think it's more like okay, the last song had a lot of stuff that I didn't care about. This had one thing I didn't care about. And the one thing that I didn't care about was really bad. So, but it wasn't enough to take down the whole song. But yeah, if 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 you're going to try to sing, develop your sense of pitch. For the love of God, please. Anyway, Next Since song. you're able to uh, make note of some elements of the song that you did enjoy, uh, would you admit or state that you'd be interested in checking out some more of uh, Will I Am solo stuff, or do you feel like that song left too much of a bad taste in your mouth? Uh, you don't want anything to do with it. Between his association with the Black Eyed Peas and that godforsaken DeLorean, and the fact that he can't sing on pitch. He's going to have to do a lot to redeem himself. I may give him a second chance, but <laughs> Will I Am is, is not on my side right now. Maybe no. to be continued in the future. Give us your hot takes at isthataahotone.gmail.com or whatever it is. 
Man, it's a hot one at Outlook.com. Man, it's a hot one at Outlook. Does anybody actually send you emails on that? Rarely. Rarely. But Rarely. you've gotten some. Yes, I have. Uh-huh. So it, okay. it, it's still open. Man, it's a hot one at Outlook.com. Uh, send in all your requests and opinions on the songs. So. Yeah. Sorry, Will. I was in a good mood today, but now you've ruined it. <laughs> For We're a moving minute. on to song number six. And this one's a little interesting. This is a request. Someone had a request for you on this episode. They had a who? Wait, who requested it? Your arch nemesis, Nicholas Bellingham. Yes, I have enemies. Yeah. Your arch nemesis, Nicholas Bellingham, requested you listen to this song on the show. And this one comes from. I hope I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This one comes from 2004. It is an alternative metal song, and it is Metal Ingus by Alter Bridge. song number six a request from trey pejant's arch nemesis nick bellingham it was metalingus by alter bridge alter bridge is a hard rock and metal group from orlando florida the song comes from their debut album which reached number five on the billboard top 200 chart to date the group has released six albums with their most recent being walk the sky which was released in 2019 this song was one of their most popular and has been used by the WWE Hall of Famer Edge as his intro song. It does sound like a WWE intro song to me. Sir Trey, is it better than Smooth by Santana? That is blazing hot. <laughs> Big time hot one. And it's a hot one. Hell yeah. <laughs> I kind of hope that Nick was hoping that I was going to hate that because if he thought I was going to hate that, then you're wrong, bud. Oh man. So everything about that was just fantastic. I know it sounds a little, you know, you said uh, uh, it's, it, it was used in the WWE. I could totally see that, but you know, this, um, this makes me want to get in a metal shop and build a chopper and like grow a long goatee and ride down the highway with the rest of the Hell's Angels. Um, I, I like this a lot. It's it's loud. It's powerful. The um, 
whenever there was a little bit right at the beginning there, whenever the uh, the drummer just went crazy with the double kick on the bass drum. And I was like, OK, that's that's impressive. And then uh, the guitar parts as well. They're very, very strongly in time uh, uh, with the beat. There's no wavering. It's super, super, super clean playing. And I, I mean, I knew about Alter Bridge before coming into this. Uh, I had a, an old friend of mine, Aaron, who um, introduced me to them a, a while back. And um, I don't know. I love the power of it. I love uh, the vocals. The singer is exceptionally talented. Um, I don't think you'll really hear a lot of bands with somebody who has that level of vocal capability, um, that level of clarity. Uh, the vibrato that he has is very much well under control. It's everything that he's doing sounds very, very intentional. Um, almost as if he was like, maybe, I wonder if he was partially classically trained a little bit. Um, not necessarily in like opera singing, but it sounds like he knows what he's doing. So um, yeah, I, I like this a lot. I just added this to my liked songs playlist too. Oh, very nice. Good request. Uh, Nicholas Bellingham, thank you for requesting a song. A uh, quick random question here. Uh, since it was used in the WWE, if you were in the WWE, what would your uh, your wrestling name be? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. I would have to think about that one. I got a rap name, but I don't have a wrestling <laughs> name. My rap name is Rich Trigger, which we got from the internet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think that carries over. <laughs> uh, actually, it probably would be. So I, I did this as a joke, right? I did this as a joke in senior design. I sent out an email to my group and um, my emails to them would slowly get stupider and stupider. Um, and eventually I started like writing T Rizzle and all the stupid stuff is like the signature at the bottom. And um, I came up with one that was Tank Little John. So it was supposed to be a spinoff of Trey Pettijohn. Pettijohn actually being French for Little John. So I think I think that would be my wrestling name is, is just Tank. That's it. Just Tank. <laughs> you need a last name, Little John. Sure. So just Tank. I like that. That actually works yeah. really well. Yeah. All right. So we get a, a hot one and a cool wrestling name out of this one. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta draw my outfit. I'm excited about that. <laughs> so we're moving on to song number seven. We only have two more songs left of the episode, and song number seven is usually reserved uh, for you know a new a new release from a already popular artist. But I'm gonna be changing things up. I'll be introducing a uh, a new portion of the show. This is strange collabs, and this is uh, where I'd be throwing in songs from two artists that you're surprised did a song together. So this is the first one we've done, and uh, hopefully it'll be a regular segment in the show. This one comes from 2018. It is a reggae fusion collab song. It is Don't Make Me Wait by Sting and Shaggy. Don't make me wait. Don't make me wait in vain. Love you. Can we forget my last name? Don't make me wait. Don't make me wait so long.
even mention the way your body perfectly designed So fine And judging from your outlook on life I knew this would be more than just one night But now I'm ready for the next level And you're telling me you need more time No crime Nothing wrong with waiting a little bit You know this is more to me than just eating it But you only get a love like this once in a lifetime And if this is our chance I ain't missing it My whole life I never felt like this Just wanna run with it, I don't wanna fight this I ain't rushing you to make up your mind Just wanna put some more quality in every time Come on girl all right, that was song number seven, the first ever strange collab to be featured on the show. This one comes from 2018. It is Don't Make Me Wait by Sting and Shaggy. Uh, Sting is a British new wave and rock artist, best known as being the bassist for the group The Police. And Shaggy is a Jamaican singer, best known for his reggae music. The song comes from the Toots collaboration album 44876, which released in April 2018. The album's title is a reference to the country calling codes for the United Kingdom and Jamaica, where the two countries where the singers are from. The album was fairly successful and won the Grammy for Best Reggae Album at that year's Grammy Awards. So congratulations, Sting and Shaggy. So, Trey, is it better than Smooth by Santana? This is a forget about it. Mm. You seem disappointed <clears throat> that it's a forget about it. I, I am disappointed. Um because I was flip-flopping between whether it was better or it was worse. So it started out not great. Well, first off, because when I think of Sting, I think of the police. And whenever I think of the police, I think of good music. So, <laughs> so I was thinking that this was going to sound like, I thought it was going to have a little bit more of a police influence on it. Even like some of Sting's solo stuff is not, terrible it's, it's a little cheesy but it's not terrible um but yeah so i was expecting a little bit more of the police to kind of like come out in the middle of that and so whenever it sounded like a commercial for a sandals hotel i was like oh man this is gonna suck and so then it went on and immediately i thought about you know the stereotypical vanilla spaghetti eating couple you know dancing on the beach on their honeymoon about to have their first child or whatever else and I was like, ah, okay musically nothing really interesting is happening it's it's kind of your your normal uh you know go-to mall reggae music like oh if you shop if you're if you're if you're in dillard's you know and it's summertime that's what's gonna play so didn't really care about it and then shaggy's vocals came in and I was like, this makes everything so much better because his voice is just, it's so distinct and it's so strange and I love it. <laughs> and you can kind of take that. It's sort of like the Tony Sacheries of reggae music. You know, you can kind of put it on anything you want and it will make it taste good. Well, maybe except for ice cream, but you know, you can put it on almost anything and it makes it taste better immediately. That's what Shaggy's voice does because it's, um, I don't know. I've, he's, he's got this weird quality where he sort of like sings at the top of his tongue, you know? Uh, uh, but then after that, I was like, so I was torn because I hated the, the, the musical part, but I loved Shaggy whenever he came in. And then I sat there just having a panic attack. What do I do? Where does this go? <laughs> and then I heard it. My arch nemesis of music, the four chord progression. I heard it in the background. I, and I said, no, this cannot be. I hate four chord songs. They're ubiquitous. 
They are everywhere. And especially in pop music, that's half the reason why I hate a lot of the stuff that I hear that's popular is because it is the same intervals of chords over and over again. And so it drives me crazy that people can't think of anything new, you know? And there are ways of sounding reggae without using the simple four chord tone. Because you listen to anything Bob Marley, there's not a whole lot of four chord stuff that goes on in Bob Marley's repertoire, as far as I know, at least the repertoire that I've heard of Bob Marley. So that sold it for me. I said, okay, Shaggy, I love you. Sting, you were great in the police. This honestly could have been better if Stuart Copeland, Sting's drummer for the police, came in and actually had a hand in it because, uh, yeah. Um, he actually, fun fact, if you were a child in the 90s and you played Spyro the Dragon on PlayStation, or if you just played Spyro the Dragon in general, uh, the original game, Stuart Copeland did the soundtrack for that game. Um, yeah. So unfortunately the four chord progression, man, that killed it. That was the nail in the coffin. Mm. Such a shame. So it does sound like even though it wasn't forget about, you had a a good time listening to this song. Would you be interested in checking out other songs from the album that the two artists made? If no four chord progressions, sure. Okay. I I better not hear that again. I better not. (laughs) There's my kryptonite. (laughs) <laughs> all right so song number seven was a forget about we only have one more song left so uh each as i said earlier in the episode it's they have songs that begin in the episode are uh classics you know songs that people know stuff that uh the hits stuff that uh you know the average person might be aware of this better not be a four chord song <laughs> this one comes from 1973 it is Promising. a classic rock song, and it is Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers. song number eight the final song of the episode that was long train running by the doobie brothers the song was released as a single for the doobie brothers third studio album the captain and me the song peaked at number eight on the billboard top 100 chart and the canada singles chart the song is one of the doobie brothers most popular songs and was covered by several groups including the italian dance group tracks and the british girl group banana rama so trey for the last time today is it better than smooth by santana it's a hot one can't go wrong with it. Yeah, this is this is this is a classic. This is the this is the kind of song that me and my brothers and my dad and my brother's best friend would listen to on the way to uh, our lake house in Sleeta Bend. So this is this is on the water music. This is 
this is uh, enjoy a beer out on the dock while the sun sets. Um, enjoy road trip kind of song, you know. Um, classic Doobie Brothers from the seventies. It's, I mean, it's not necessarily my favorite music, but it's kind of hard to beat. You know, it's 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 one of those groups that like you can kind of put it on and almost everybody can you know agree with it. Um, and it's also not a four chord progression. It's closer the 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 chord intervals are closer to a blues progression, but. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's, I like it because like, okay, so it has a woodsy quality to it, right? Um, I would call it a woodsy quality because it's not um, uh, like, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a mental blank right now. I've, I was so excited from, uh, from the last song going on a rant about that. that uh, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> um, like I can imagine this being like, something that you play at a bonfire, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like a sad song, nor is it like an excited, energetic, it's, it's just a happy song. You know, it's just, it's, it's a, I know, I never really paid attention to the lyrics. The lyrics might be depressing, but you know, it's, I mean, the Doobie Brothers are just very good about that. They're good about making songs that are, you know, simple, easy listening, varied enough between, you know, each of their um, uh, albums to where like you can listen to them for a long period of time, you know, uh, and the guitar playing is good. The vocals are classic. The choruses that they have, um, you know, uh, and they have, um, uh, I, I, I guess also too, like I'm a little bit fond of stuff from the seventies because, uh, whenever, you know, I grew up a lot of the stuff that, uh, my mom grew up, she actually introduced to us as kids, like, um, the Muppets and then like a lot of the classics, like the Beatles and things like that. There was this old movie called the point, which was made in the seventies that uh, she used to watch as a kid. And we used to watch that as well. So, um, a lot of things that are like the seventies aesthetic are uh, a bit nostalgic. And then even in high school as well, our band director band was a very, very big influence on my life. Probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, uh, a lot of the seventies culture came out from, from his, uh, 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 his time as well into uh, the way that like Katie and I sort of ran their show. So, you know, whenever I think about that, not only do I think about good times at the lake house or, you know, good family experiences, but I also think about the fun times at band camp and, you know, getting ready to, to go do um, uh, our halftime shows and things like that. So um, a lot of nostalgia. So I guess maybe the hot one is based more on that than the music itself. But I mean, you know, like I said, you can't really go wrong with it. Paranoid, they sing in tune. Will I am. Oh, a throwback there. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to so end this episode with a hot one. Very nice. So we have a couple questions. We're going to wrap this episode up with. Uh, I ask these questions to every guest that's on the show. Uh, so the first question is, what type of music are you currently listening to? What is on the rotation for Mr. Trey Pettijan at the moment? It is, it is widely varied at the moment. Um, Yesterday, I was on a Rage Against the Machine kick. Mm. The day before that, I was listening to, I don't know if a whole lot of people are going to recognize this man's name, but Paul Williams. So he was a singer-songwriter in the 70s who actually wrote a lot of the music for things like the Muppet movie. Yep. So him and Jim Henson were pretty close. That's how I know him. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, also recently, this isn't a band that I like recently discovered, but I recently started jumping into their discography. Uh, and it's a group called Rubble Bucket which I don't really know how to describe them. I would say it's, it's kind of an indie group. Um, but at the same time, they have a mix of horns and stuff like that. Uh, 
if uh, if you're into if you're into indie music and you want to hear something that's a little different, um, you may want to check out "If You See My Enemies" by Rebel Bucket. That's a pretty good song. Um, although probably my favorite one they have is called uh, "Bikes," and uh, I really like it because the um, the chord progression is kind of strange. It has like somewhat of a reggae feel to it, but then they have this really really playful um, scat moment in the chorus that the singer like improvises and it's a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed listening to that part and the horns in there are just absolutely amazing. So yeah, those three things have been showing up a lot. I have been listening to Thundercat as well. I've been listening to Lewis Cole clown core clown core is hilarious. I love clown core. Um, I've also been listening to uh, Lewis Cole's band nowhere, which if you want to listen to some really psychedelic, strange stuff, um, go listen to nowhere. Uh, cause that is, that is a very interesting group. Um, also highly talented cause Lewis Cole just can play anything he wants at any time. So, uh, yeah, that's been my rotation. A lot of different genres. Now that I'm at work, I have a lot of time to listen to several different things throughout the day. You know, that's half of what I'm doing whenever I'm on SolidWorks, I put on some music and then I'll go, you know, find something every 10 minutes I switch moods, which I, is probably not good, but I do. So yeah, all over the place. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, out of those, is there any uh, particular song or artist recommendation you have for uh, the audience? Ooh, actually this one might be good. Um, because I'm me by the avalanches, uh, is one of my more recent favorites. It's a rap song that the, where the, uh, the, uh, the beats kind of actually has like a seventies, soul uh it was it was sampled from a 70s soul song i don't know which one it is uh but uh yeah between bikes by rubble bucket and because i'm me by the avalanches i think those are two good songs to recommend to people um because i'm me also just makes you feel good oh wait one more i've also been on a big new orleans kick preservation hall jazz band ella bass is a fantastic song one of my favorite ones to listen to very nice very nice uh, yeah. Outside of music, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? How about we give a shout out to a previous guest, Lee Landry, for getting married to yes. the Vine famous Stephanie Clavin last <laughs> weekend. How about we shout out to them? Because I think that deserves a shout out. Absolutely. I'm not sure if they're still on their honeymoon or not. I think they got off. But big congratulations to them. Of course, they've earned the shout out. And especially as uh, Lee and Jordan were uh, one of the top listened to guests on the show that is true that was a great making, night that was a good ma- night making several achievements for himself <laughs> congratulations lee you're doing great kiddo and he no, passed the bar he passed the bar recently he's gonna be a lawyer he's just taking wins left and right is he 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 is he's doing great that's awesome we might need to get a, a steph in the lee episode See, i think uh, that would be a, i think that would be adorable i think it'd be great Yes. yes, definitely shout out to Lee and Steph. Uh, good people, good people. And congratulations on getting married. Do you have any yes. final comments before I wrap this episode up? Um, hug your dad. <laughs> and, and, and eat a good breakfast, I guess. That I can get behind. <laughs> sure. 
Thank you, Trey, for joining. And thank you all for listening. Also, thank you, Andrew Ferguson, for making the theme song. Go check him out uh, in his group, The Late Nights, on Spotify. They have an EP called Sorry We're Late. And also, he has uh, some solo stuff with uh, The Visual Project and a solo song called Constellations. You can find that by looking up Andrew Ferguson on Spotify. If you have any song requests or just opinions, send them my way to man, it's a hot one at outlook.com. Uh, no apostrophes there. Uh, just send them, send them my way. I'm mostly getting spam emails that are completely trying to scam me out of my money. But you know what? I, I'll, I'll go through them all as long as there's a couple uh, song requests in there. And make sure you put your hot ones and forget about it in the email as well. I hope to see you all here next Friday as we continue our journey through the wonderful world of music as I answer the question, is it better than Smooth by Santana? Trey, thank you. And I'd like to end this episode like I like to end every episode by reading my new favorite comment from the Smooth by Santana music video on YouTube. This one comes from a person named Alex Lorenza, who says, you got to buckle up for this one. This is a wild ride. Ready Tommy, Paul, Ramirez, and Sandra, too. Hi, brother. It's me, Lucky Lorenza. I am happy. I am going to the House of Blues for the first week of November to see Santana. I am buying two tickets, one for me and one for you too. Tommy Paz Ramirez, call me please. The hot blonde moms has my number. Love and miss you so much. Me, Lucky Alice Lorenza. All right, kiddo, go for it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was a lot uh, to unpackage. <laughs> yeah, that there's there's a lot going on in there. Thank you, Trey, once again, and thank you all for listening. And don't forget. Give me your heart, make it real, or else forget about it. I'm Alex. This was Is It Better Than Smooth by Santana, and I'll see you all next time.